When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Today is Monday, October 28th, and this is Celtic Speed on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider of audio-video coverage of the Boston Celtics. I'm Adam Kaufman. Episode 338 featuring Celtics radio play-by-play man Sean Grandy is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. Go to betonline.ag and use the promo code CLNS50 to receive a 50% bonus. Welcome into another edition of Celtics Beat, and thanks, of course, for your patience. I know we normally release on Sundays. Waited until today, though, to fully reflect on the first few games of the Celtics season, and we're going to jump right in and do so with a guy who watches these games more closely than any of us because he's talking about every single second of them, and that, of course, is radio broadcaster Sean Grandy. Sean, before anything else, you got hitched since the last time we spoke, at least on the air anyway, so congrats. I assume it's been incredibly life-changing for you. Yeah, incredibly life-changing. I mean, I, I barely saw my wife before we got married, and I barely see her now, so of course it hasn't. <laughs> Some would say that's changed. a secret to a really good marriage, though. Bill Belichick did not show up at the wedding, which is a you know a big concern, obviously in the final days before. But it was it was you know, nice it, it of you to well. extend the invitation, at least though. Hey, you know I, I think he's he was left at a loss for words. So <laughs> it's so rare too. Been a good person to invite because if they said, "Does anybody here object?" I'm sure he would have said nothing to that too. <laughs> Exactly. That was, uh, you know, for anyone that is unfamiliar with the clip with Dana Jacobson, go back, check it out. We don't need to rehash the story. But yeah, it, w- it would have been something if Bill came out. But let's let's talk about this team here, because it's so nice just to have real games to talk about. I can't remember who it was that tweeted this, although others have pointed it out. The fact that Boston opened last year with three games against Philadelphia, Toronto, and New York. This year, same three opponents, same two and one start. But boy, this season feels a lot different early on, doesn't it? I think it felt more different in the preseason. I think this week, you know, I think there were more bumps, obviously, when you get to, when it's not a dress rehearsal anymore and you get to the real games and you get rookies playing in real games, it's a little bit different. But I I really felt an overwhelming difference in the preseason as opposed to this week, which you could sort of predict, including that third game being in New York on a Saturday night. It was identical, and you do have a two-and-one start. And I just, you felt... I didn't want to overplay it. I, one of the things that's such a crutch this year to keep talking about how different it feels from last year. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to try to avoid it on the air, particularly with Brad, as much as possible. But it was crystal clear. That the problems last year were easily traced to the preseason. Those preseason games did not go well. The step skipping, which was a big theme of last year, that was clearly going on in the preseason. And the disposition to defend was there 
from, I would say, the first preseason game was shaky, but from the second half of the first preseason game, even through this first week, which has been a really rocky one offensively, the Celtics are 2-1 and one because they are committed to defending, and that's, as you know, a lot of, I know a lot of the internet sites and whatever have kind of pointed out that the defense under Brad, his second and third year before Al Horford was here, was pretty good, better than you think it was, and that's going to be the kind of year everyone just assumes the Celtics are going to be a bad defensive team. Well, a lot of defense is your desire to play it. Effort, incredibly important. We always talk about it. Last year, that was one of the concerns. Would the night-in, night-out effort be there? Clearly it wasn't. And, you know, part of it, too, is, is and it goes back to the preseason, both this year and last year, like you said, thing all the Celtics have really harped on, aside from saying fresh start, fresh start over and over, is that need for chemistry. You could trace it back to the FIBA tournament over the summer when four Celts participated. In fact, here's what two of them, Marcus Smart and new all-NBA guard Kemba Walker, had to say following that win Saturday in New York. Last year for us was really big was the chemistry. Um, uh, some days we had it, some days we didn't. So this year I just wanted to make sure the chemistry was there, the bonds was there, and everybody was, was comfortable with, off the court with everybody. And uh, I think the best way is if we get around each other as much as possible. It matters. It matters. Um, you know, we want to be as close as possible. Um, you know, I've, I've always been a big believer at you know that you know when you do things off the court and you and you and you really get along and like each other, it translates on the court. Um, you know, it makes you want to play for your brother. You know, um, so so yeah, it's as many things that we can do together, man. Um, it'd be beneficial for us. Smart actually planned a team bonding event yesterday. Everyone gathered to watch the new Terminator movie, which is just so fitting in a lot of ways. But it again, it is early and we can't say it enough. But this group has already felt so much more united, I think, at least as an outsider's perspective. Do you feel that way or do we just want to believe that because they're obviously so much more likable? What do you trace it to? I think some of it's there. But a lot of things are there in the preseason and early that when you're lo- losing has that effect. Is it going to break? Losing can break that up. If you start losing a bunch of games. And I'd point out the – and I, again, I don't want to be this guy, but the <laughs> I told you so guy, but when everybody went crazy about the flight last year, yep. right, the flight to San Francisco, and everything is cured, and everything was – it was a good flight to San Francisco, right? And everybody was talking and whatever, and that's great, and they went out and beat Golden State by about 80 in the next game, and they won the first <laughs> couple of games of that road trip. But – Things, it's a long year. There's a lot of ups and downs, and you can't – we all – wanting to believe is a great way to phrase that because I think that has a lot to do with the last two years. It had a lot to do with Kyrie. Was a lot of us, a lot of people in Celtics Nation, people in the organization just wanting very much to believe that Kyrie was not the exact same dude that he always was in Cleveland. And I'm not, that's not a knock. Kyrie was Kyrie. You know who's going to be in Brooklyn? He's going to be Kyrie. Yep. So you can't will yourself into chemistry. This is a group of, I would phrase this way, you've got a really good group of young players and rookies from a personality standpoint, from a skill set standpoint. But they're, st- they're going to get on the court and they're still going to be rookies. You know, Brett Williams is a, he's an outlier as far as being beyond his age and being ready to play and things like that. You know, Carson Edwards, it's not every night you don't come out and make nine threes and make seven and a quarter. It's it's different when the lights come on and all of a sudden it's you know it's Philadelphia guarding you and you're playing the Madison Square Garden. There's going to be rough nights because they're so young. And if the the quote unquote chemistry, which I think is important, but also is just a buzzword that we talk about way too much, 
I think that will – I want to see it tested when you lose four in a row, not when you have a great preseason and you win a couple of games the first week of the season. That's, it's easier for the chemistry to be good then. We'll talk about some of those young guys in a little bit. And, and yes, I, I know people are tired of it, but there will be a little bit of Kyrie Irving talk toward the end of this show as well. But Kemba got off to – Kind of a slow start, Sean, offensively. Did finish strong against the Raptors. Was great throughout against the Knicks. Loves playing at MSG. We know that going back to the Big East tournament days. There was one moment, though, where he was, I mean, NBA jam hot. He was just scorching hot. And Jalen Brown takes a shot early in the shot clock. And in the middle of that heat check, missed. Kemba told him, and he was mic'd up. You know, people heard it. Keep on shooting. And Jalen's comment after, I'm sure you heard it, but for anyone that missed it, it, it felt a little revealing. He told me I was good, you know what I mean? Uh, Brad had an aneurysm, and, uh, and, and Kimba's just like, you good, bro, just keep playing. So, you know, just to know that, you know, he has your back because um, you don't always have that case or that scenario. You know, easily somebody could have, you know, said something and got upset or threw a tantrum or, or whatever. Um, for Kim to, Kimba to be like, you know, you good, like just play it was, it was the confidence I needed to make sure that the next play was the right play, but I still had my confidence. So listen, if you choose to, and as you might say, it's a very talking head thing to do, you could find multiple shots at Kyrie Irving and last year's experience just in that 30-second clip. Is it irresponsible to do that, or did it feel that way to you too? I don't think it's irresponsible to do it. I think it becomes a waste of time after a while that we get it. This was Kyrie would not have been, would not have been the same. Kyrie didn't come up the same way where he was sort of like looking for everybody else first. He hasn't evolved into that guy, and I don't know if he will. But, yeah, of course that was reading between the lines. That's what that was about. That That's that game within the game frame. We file it under chemistry. But it's not. It's about relaxing on the court and not worrying that if I take this shot, this dude's going to be upset because he's in a heat check. And you could argue, if you wanted, you could make the argument that you know it should have been Kemba. Kemba said, yeah, it's all right, don't worry about it. But maybe that should have been Campbell, right? So mm-hmm. it's a it's a matter of I think you are going to see a lot of things therapeutically that we could, again, sort of break down the sentences and realize they were talking about a situation last year that was in large part Kyrie, but Kyrie wasn't the – you know, Terry Rozier wanted his shots last year. Jalen wanted his shot. Everybody was the, the secondary part of last year because I think – Kyrie, I'm not going to say he's getting more than he deserves, but he wasn't the only reason this thing went sideways last year. It was a lot of, it was a lot of people that were coming off a 2018 season, young players that were told, man, you're, you're awesome. You're going to be great at this. This is going to be an amazing year. You're going to be a superstar. And that's hard when you're 22. No, it's true. I mean, they listen to it constantly and and probably bought into their own hype their own press clippings all that stuff and uh it's it's been nice to see that obviously and and Danny Ainge has has praised him for it Brad Stevens as well among others the fact that Jalen Brown took a little time but he did buy into his role last year and and coming off the bench not a place that he permanently wanted to be and responded well to it and and while Ron Brown, I mean, this this for our listeners is our first show since he signed that new deal a week ago, four years up to $115 million. And I think it's a smart investment on Danny Ainge's part. A lot of fans have kind of had sticker shock just seeing the number because they only look at raw stats to date, not future potential, never mind the fact that money could be crazy again next summer for him, especially if he has a good year and, and he will or would be, not will be, but would be one of those 
surprise free agents available because it's just such a weak class. Ainge could have waited, could have just matched whatever number in restricted free agency, but did this number now make sense to you as as it did for me and for others? Yeah, of course. Of course it made sense because he would get more next summer, and the Celtics are in a different position cap-wise than they've been, and they're sort of playing a different game than they've been playing the last couple of years where they're they're going to be over the cap. So you might as well sign your guy, and why take the, why take the chance? To me, it was a I, I get the sticker shock. I, I point out to people, there was a contract a few years ago. It was the Avery Bradley one. Yep. Right? People had stick, people freaked out at the sticker shock on that. And that was that just four for 28, I think. Right, yeah. And that basically ended up being like a mid-level deal at the time. So it, it's about you got to look forward, not back. And I don't know if this will look like a great bargain because who knows? I mean, Jalen had an amazing – he had a great first week. And he's picking up from – when the, you know, the young players who I kind of made a point of mentioning, Jalen had a really good second half last year. Mm-hmm. He did not have a good first half, but he had a great second half, and he sort of picked up where he left. I mean, he looks so good in the preseason. New offensive moves, new confidence. So uh, I don't know how you don't feel good about that. I don't want to – you know, no-brainer is something we use probably too easily, but – I think it was pretty close to that. We'll get right back to Sean. I want to tell you, though, today's show is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. Of course, the football season's in full swing. It's half over already, at least the regular season. You can get into the game with our exclusive sports betting partners, BetOnline.ag. Sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit to start betting college or professional ball. Every spread, every total, every winner, every loser, prop bets, straight bets, parlays, teases, whatever you want, all the way through the season. You can even bet on who's going to win MVP. You can already bet on that. Will the Dolphins ever win a game? Or the Bengals, for that matter? Will the Patriots ever lose a game? Or the Niners, while we're talking about it? Get the fastest to market odds updates and payouts with our new sportsbook partners, betonline.ag. Head over to the website today. Use your mobile device to join. Use promo code CLNS50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Let's get back to the show. So Brown cashed in. Jason Tatum's going to be next, whether that's next summer or the year after. And through three games, he's averaging 20 points. He's also taken 20 shots per, though. He's only shooting 34%. I'm going to give you a lot of numbers here. The struggles are are from two, largely. He's made 40%, 46% of his threes on more than seven attempts a game. He's getting to the line a career high four times a game, which we know was a priority, but the percentage there is down. It's, again, not too many attempts were three games in, but 75% compared to last year's 86. So, again, I know it's a lot of uh, numbers, but big picture, how are you feeling about his start? Because it's, you know, scattered and inefficient, clearly, is one way to look at it, or is he just trying to find out exactly how he fits into this offense? Well, he fixed the shot chart. This was the entire point of emphasis with Jason Tatum going into this year was his, you know, his shot chart was just a mess last year. And all those, you know, give up the three and just take a couple of steps in and settle for the long two. And now he is not finishing the threes. So he's shooting threes fine. He's not finishing at the rim. And you have to feel like that's going to come. I mean, the first game, who did he not finish at the rim against? The first game, maybe the toughest team you're going to see all year in finishing at the room against, you know, with with Embiid and Horford and and Philadelphia. So that is an outlier statistically. I don't think he's going to miss all those layups throughout the course of the year. And he's changing his game, and he's 21 years old, and he's being asked to change his game again this year. To you can see the thought, you can see his 
brain moving during possessions about where he wants to get the, you know, he can get to where he needs to go now to get the shots he wants to get. It's just a matter of him being so comfortable with it because it's not automatic yet. And when that becomes automatic, then he'll start making more of them. And uh, I think it's, I think when Brad says things like after the first game, he was really encouraged and anyone who watched it and thought it was like the worst basketball game they had ever seen in the history of the sport, as some of us did, uh, it was hard to imagine. Like, what are you talking about? Well, those are the kind of things that Jason Tatum is going to finish at the rim. Those shots, he's not going to shoot 50% from two feet the entire year. So, when we talk about things he's encouraged by, I think that's an example of something that didn't translate statistically, but you would be encouraged by. What do you feel Tatum's biggest weakness is offensively right now at this stage in his career? It's, uh, I think it's what we, what we talked about. I think it was his learning where I think every young player has to learn what it, now Tatum is going to be special, but every young player at some level, has to figure out what it is they do at an NBA level. And Jason Tatum has great offensive skills, but how do they fit into not just an offense, but the way the NBA game is played now? And where are your shots? Where is your go-to? If I say Paul Pierce, a lot. if you're hardcore enough that you're listening to this, you can close your eyes unless you're driving. You can close your eyes and see Paul figuring out a way to get to the right elbow right mm-hmm. and make that shot because that was his go-to that was his spot i don't think jason jason has so many clubs in the bag yet he's not at that point where he knows walking to the ball this is going to be a five iron i don't think he's there yet and that is a beautiful thing because he already has the skills and he has the clubs in the bag he just hasn't figured out yet exactly which one he wants to use one gordon hayward efficient effective balanced fourth on the team in scoring despite opening with a 25 spot, but so much more confident and composed very clearly when you watch him than last year already. It's no surprise. It's what everybody talked about all offseason, teammates, front office, coaches, everybody. Now we're actually seeing it. What has stood out to you here in these first few games for him? Confidence in his health. Not confidence in his game. He's always had confidence in his game. Confidence in his health. Confidence that if he lands awkwardly, nothing bad is going to happen. It also, the extra year of rehab, whatever, he's clearly much stronger than he was last year. He's physically stronger, and that's going to help him. And, you know, Gordon Hayward was a very aggressive player. And it's funny, he's gotten cold this first week, a couple of these offensive fouls and these push-ups. Well, that's sort of, like people say, I mean, back to being Gordon Hayward, uh, Gordon Hayward was kind of, he was a pain in the ass to play against. <laughs> you know, he was a, he's a tough dude to play against and that was sort of that was missing this year as you would expect so that also is a good sign i think how it all you know one of the things that can still get better how this is all going to work together we don't really know yet but individually jason tatum's fixed a shot selection Jalen brown is finding more go-to moves and driving the basket and gordon hayward is a lot more confident now you got all those three things happening how does it fit together with kemba that's the that's the work in progress and there's no way Here's the point. You're two and one, and what are they shooting? Thirty six percent, thirty seven percent. Thereabouts. Yeah, they miss a lot of shots. Right, <laughs> right. And so, uh, I said, my brain asked me the other night for the next game, what's the thing? I said, well, when the off, they're going to be tough to beat when the shots are falling because they're competing defensively. And on the other coast, for example, you can say it's going to be a rough year for Golden State, 
But you know what? Those guys aren't competing in these first two games. You're going to get embarrassed in this league. I don't care if you're Steph Curry, Draymond Green, whatever. You don't compete in this league, possession to possession, and do the little things we're talking about, this Kemba Jalen Brown thing you played earlier. If you don't have that, that connectivity, you're going to get embarrassed, especially, by the way, if you're Golden State and you've been beating everybody up for the last five years, they don't care who's on the other side. Uh, trust me, they don't. So Golden State's going to have, if they don't compete, they're, they're going to take a lot of hellacious beatings like they've taken the first two games. You mentioned Draymond Green and uh, obviously earlier Grant Williams. Some have called him Baby Draymond. Others have said Big Big Mark is smart. He's drawn comparisons to Al Horford as well. This is a kid that I was so high on when they drafted him. Far and away my favorite of the Celtics draft class. I just think I, I have such high expectations for him in the NBA, and and he is not disappointed at all. Uh, and you talked about it earlier, the fact that he's mature beyond his years maybe again all those comparisons maybe he's just grant williams and uh out of the gate so impressive he's everything that i don't want this is three games so it's uh, you know we can lose our minds talking about anybody he has all of the ingredients of a guy who plays in this league for a long time Mm -hmm. doing all as a rookie but he has a he has the old man game he has an nba veteran game at 20 years old and you ask him to play center uh, and nickname wise, if you're wondering, Max is Max is committed. Max is like locked into his nickname for Grant Williams, and he's not going to let it go. So we might as well just adopt it now, which is Pigpen, because <laughs> he gets dirty on every play. He's going to be in the mat. He's going to take charges. He's sliding. He's you know, nowadays as we live in the YouTube world, where the next day, if you want, there's I don't want to say fanatics, but there are people who will you know, pull out little clips of guys setting screens or whatever. You can immerse yourself. You can live a Brad Stevens life if you want to and watch off the ball screening for hours every day from the previous night's game. But you can see all the, you know, all those little things that you do. And it's no surprise. Good things have happened when he's been on the floor. Because if you had that guy, who will do it for you. You know, again, eventually Jason Tatum and Kemba Walker, those guys are going to make shots. So if you got guys contributing defensively, yeah, that Al Horford loss is a monstrous loss when you take your defensive captain away and Aaron Baines. You get some guys who will do some of that stuff for you, good things are going to happen. A couple more games this week. You get to stay home, which is nice for you, I'm sure, after all the travel, hosting the Bucks Wednesday, then the Knicks again on Friday. Here's just bigger picture. My biggest concern about this team right now, and injuries, of course, have contributed to it, but you have Daniel Tice and his canter both out. It was really kind of the plan going into the season maybe, but still sticks out to me, the fact that, I don't know, I don't think there's going to be any real continuity among the bigs this year. Is that a potential fatal flaw? Does Danny need to go out and add a guy by midseason? I don't think we know yet. It's really, I think conceptually the Celtics right now are built like a team that is going to be better in the regular season and maybe more vulnerable in a seven-game series because of that. It's a lot different. If you're if a team has a significant flaw, and I'm not saying the Celtics bigs are a flaw, we don't know yet what they are because we've seen a different one starting in every game. But let's say for the sake of this paragraph that the Celtics that that is a weakness for them. The changing centers, nobody stays healthy enough to give you the production. That is the kind of thing you can survive playing a different team every night that you will not survive in a seven game series, particularly if that seven game series is against Al Horford and Joel Embiid, mm. who the seven-game series would be against. But again, we don't. I always say we don't know what we think we know. 
that certainly is the case now. And I don't know how many games it's going to be at the start of the year with a different center every night. So Brad likes to talk about sample size. And we're already clearly, if you want 20 games as your sample size, what the team is going to be, we're already behind the curve trying to figure out the bigs because how many healthy games are you going to get out of everybody in those first 20? So, And how do you match up against different kinds of teams? You know, you're seeing, again, Embiid and Horford on opening night. There aren't a lot of teams like Philadelphia. The Sixers' season is going to be determined by whether or not that is the best starting five in the league. Can they reverse the trajectory of the NBA by sheer will and change the game back to the way they want to play it when the game has been going in the other direction? And most people think they can. I'm not so sure. I'm pretty high on Philadelphia because I'm really, really high on Ben Simmons this year. But I, can they do that? I don't know. Can they – you know, when you see the, how the Celtics are going to match up with Philadelphia – that's very clearly, can the Celtics rope a dope, right? Can they change the game and make it a more perimeter-oriented game? And that's going to be the question with Philly for everybody. So as the Celtics go through the entire NBA schedule and see different teams, you're going to find out when you can get away for long stretches, as they did this weekend, playing Grant Williams at six foot six and 20 years old at center. How many nights can you do that? One big we can say with confidence will not start for the Celtics this year. Taco Fall. Just had a, a fun finish at MSG, back from his concussion, made his NBA debut in New York, four points, few rebounds, took four shots in just three minutes, and that's what he had to say. All throughout the game, I really didn't know what was going to happen, and then once uh, the score kept going up, I was thinking in my mind, like, uh, this might be go time, but like I said, you just dream of this moment, like, uh, for me, it happened here at the Garden, um, playing in front of all these people, uh, hopefully it will be soon. And uh, at TD Garden in Boston, but it felt amazing and just going out there and was just trying to have fun and uh, enjoy the moment. The wild thing, and you know you were there, fans in the Garden were cheering like crazy for Taco before he came yeah, in, and were. once he did, went nuts. Is he going to be the most popular guy in every building he walks into this year? Yes, but those buildings are going to be in the G League. Yeah, and that's <laughs> for the, the most it, part. And that's the way it should be, and I think it's going to be good for everybody when that happens because this is a very – sincere kid you know he's such a great kid and he's so sincere and i was i was trying to explain to my son who just turned eight that it's not easy to be seven foot six and live your life that way especially as a young person but he he adopts it you know he's he doesn't hide from anybody he just like lives his life and he realizes he gets i just had an experience where i was in the elevator with him the other day in new york and watching, you know, what I was observing was how other people in the elevator, that's sort of the, the nice thing about being me is that you just, I'm just some other dude, right, on the elevator mm-hmm. with everybody else. And I'm watching them just sort of stare at him. And you, it makes you realize the life he has to live, that he has to be this sort of sideshow attraction to everybody. And I think that's what some of this is um, with fans cheering and wanting him to come in the game. But he's... He's enjoying the moment. He wants to find out if he can be an NBA player. And that's why the G League, with him and Tremont Waters playing together on here, it's going to be a fun team to watch in the G League. So I, I, I'm happy he's in the organization. Um, he's done a lot of great community stuff already. And let's find out because you might as well find out if you're seven foot six and you're 24 years old. You might as well find out if you can play uh, in the league. And that opportunity didn't really exist before so i'm glad there's a g league team i'm glad he's on it and i think it will be better 
for Brad and and for and for Taco to not be on the Celtics roster every night, so the fans in every building can start, you know, chanting for you in garbage time. We'll wrap up with this because, again, I really don't think we can go without talking about Kyrie Irving. But this is not about Kyrie Irving's time in Boston. This is about living in the moment. Opening night, drops 50 points, loses. He's averaging through three games, 38 points. Brooklyn, though, 1-2 and two with a pair of overtime defeats. They could just as easily be 3-0, and oh, but they are what they are. And this was what he had to say after the latest loss uh, about his new team's early struggles. We still have a lot of experience to garner with each other. So, you know, not to get too high or too low. You know, welcome to the big stage. You know, like, it's going to be like that sometimes. And you're going to have guys play out of their, you know, kind of their comfort zone when you're playing against certain players. And now I'm used to it. You know, I've had game winners shot on me, you know, down the stretch so many times. So, uh, you know, it's just throw one in the bank and, you know, just try to get better from this, watch film. Unsurprisingly, Sean, that went on and on and on. That's just a snippet. But, you know, welcome to the big stage. It's more like welcome to the Kyrie Irving experience, right? It, that's Kyrie being Kyrie. That's how he, he talks in a third-person way. That is this kind of thing that when you started to break it down last year, people were looking at saying it seems like he's talking about the team, but he doesn't include himself in it. And it's more like, you know, I've, I've been there, I've done it, and these guys will learn. Well, again, not a great opening week from the standpoint of if you think Kyrie was going to be a different person and suddenly evolve, he's not. And by the way, in this stage this year without KD, that's how he sees himself. He sees himself as, as the guy, as the leader that has to do all this stuff. And it's a team that what, what you're set up for here, I believe, is a team that had an amazing season last year with a lot of young players overachieving and made the playoffs. And this year might not have that same success for whatever reason. And that doesn't set up well for Kyrie because it's going to look exactly like it did here (laughs) in 18 and 19. That said, he's just an amazing, amazing talent. And watching him play, the Kyrie experience also comes with stuff you're not going to see anybody else in the world do. And so... By the way, he's in New York, and that's just, that's a stage for that, and they want that desperately. And uh, you know, in New York, they have that star quality, and so you get you want the Kyrie experience in Boston. You got it. It's exactly what it was in Cleveland, and it's exactly what it's going to be in Brooklyn. You even had people, Celtics fans, cheering on Jay Crowder to make a winning shot for Memphis against Kyrie's Nets, in spite of the future Grizzlies pick, just because people around yeah. here want to see Kyrie lose that badly. But, John, I know you got to run. Always a pleasure having you on. It's great catching up. And, and look forward to listening because it's it's going to be, we talked about it, it's going to be a much more fun season this time around. It will be. Anytime, my friend. Love catching up with Sean. Great stuff from him. And, uh, you know, this this team, we talked about it all throughout the summer in terms of expectation. Preseason, once it was in front of us, and now a few games in, we can say it for real. We don't know what the final record's going to be. Again, I said going into the season, 52 wins is my overachieving expectation for the regular season, third in the East, and we'll see what happens in the playoffs, although feels a lot like last year in terms of a second-round exit. But you'd like to see better, that goes without saying. But right now, a few games in, this team is wildly fun to watch. First game in Philadelphia, both teams tough to watch, just a bad basketball game to watch. But the team, the players, the unity, the group, this is going to be a lot of fun to watch. And it has become increasingly so from that second half against Toronto to the full game against the Knicks. Really interested in seeing what Wednesday has in store against Giannis Antetokounmpo and the Bucks. 
This show brought to you by BetOnline.ag. Go to BetOnline.ag, use the promo code CLNS50 to receive a 50% bonus. Thanks again to Sean, to my producer, Evan Valenti, to everybody at CLNS Media, Nick, Larry, John, everyone. Most of all, of course, you. We always welcome your feedback. Get me on Twitter, at Adam M. Kaufman. You guys have been great out of the gate in terms of all the interaction and everything. We'll keep it up all throughout the season. I appreciate you following along and appreciate you subscribing to this show, Celtics Beat, on iTunes. Just search Celtics. We'll pop right up or Celtics Beat. Obviously, we'll pop right up. Or, of course, you can subscribe to the CLNS Media YouTube page where shows are posted and a whole lot more. All the locker room sound before or after games, practices, everything like that. There's coverage all over the place and not limited either to the Celtics. You got every team being covered there on that page. So I recommend you check it out. Again, subscribe, listen, new releases generally every Sunday. We push this one a day and I hope it didn't mess you up too much. Look forward to these home games. Maybe this guy, Gino. Get us out of here.